Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Looking forward to another great episode with you all today. Uh, we have a Modern Business alum back with us, uh, and I'm really excited to bring him in. He's got a, he's always got an awesome perspective, uh, so I'm definitely um, excited for this interview and for you guys to all get to get a chance to listen to this next gentleman uh, once again. Uh, before we get into that, and actually timely, because uh, the person we're having on today has spoken at, at one of our events here. Uh, which is Springboard, that is happening September 26th to 28th in Philadelphia. So definitely make sure that you sign up. Uh, Spring, Springboard signups are live on FranchiseSpringboard.com. So be sure to check that out. That is going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So be sure uh, to come hungry for some cheesesteaks because we're really looking forward to that. Uh, additionally, uh, Ryan and I, of course, uh, have been talking quite a bit about Young Conference, and that will be happening October 31st to, to November 2nd. So be sure uh, to bring your Halloween costume for that. Uh, we're looking forward to having all of our young franchise executives in the in the space coming to uh, you know have that common place to meet up and to learn some new innovative things about how to really um, improve this business model that we all love. So looking forward to that. That will be again uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, so be sure also to bring that Halloween costume. Uh, lastly, uh, we do have a text club, and so we really want you guys to get a little bit more involved in what. You know, we're doing on a day to day, you know, recommend some guests, recommend some topics, anything of that nature that you guys feel would be compelling for us to know. Uh, we have a lot of brands on here of many different walks of life within the franchise space. And so also we're more than happy to connect you to any of the guests that we have on through that text club. So if you go to modernbusiness.com, uh, you will see a little sign up area down there for you to become involved in the text club. Uh, Ryan is giving away $250 of his hard-earned money uh, for, for the, a lucky winner who does actually sign up uh, and who is lucky enough to win. Uh, so please go ahead and sign up for that, and we're looking forward to hearing from you all. Okay, uh, so for our interview today, uh, I am uh, really excited to have on uh, somebody who I've learned a lot from over the years, uh, and I think that he always has something incredibly interesting to say and has such an immense understanding of the macro uh, sides of the restaurant business. Uh, I am really uh, happy to have on the newly minted president and CEO of Freddy's. Uh, I have Mr. Crystal on with us once again. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Happy to be back. Well, really excited to have you back. Um, you know, when, when, when I saw this come across the ticker a couple months ago, I was really excited to get your perspective on this business. It has been, um, you know, you, you've even informed me on some things that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, it is a bit of an enigma in that, you know, I see it, I know it, but I don't have it really in my backyard, but I know that it is such a powerful brand. And so, you know, they, they, they certainly have an awesome CEO and you now uh, in the chair. So talk a bit about, you know, really the background of Freddy's, if you wouldn't mind, for the people who don't know what it is, and then also how you ended up there um, as the CEO. Sure. So um, Freddy's, uh, you go back in time, and the, the brand was started in 2002, um, and it was a bit of a hobby for the founders who were uh, very involved in the restaurant and franchise industry, primarily as franchisees um, of other brands. And uh, the Simon family, along with Scott Redler, uh, started Freddy's 
uh, in hopes to create a a burger chain that was focused on you know continuing to drive you know American and family values uh, in the way that they uh, ran their restaurant, the way that they treated their guests, and a foundation built on the three pillars of Freddy's, which um, are cleanliness, hospitality, and quality, and um, never never making any compromise on on any of those three. And and so what you have in Freddy's is a made-to-order, um, craveable menu that's very simple, uh, very guest-focused. You know, our restaurants, on average, I would say, are about 3,500 square feet and offer quite a large dining area uh, with some 100 to 140 seats inside, which is flexible seating. So, you know, the softball team or the soccer team comes in and they have a place to sit and they can pull tables together and, um uh, the, the food is all made to order, and there is an extreme focus on hospitality and treating our guests with genuine respect and, and kindness. Um, and, you know, a brand that was built on, you know, values of pride and integrity and work ethic and patriotism. Freddie, our namesake, uh, World War II veteran, um, uh, receiving uh, Purple Heart and uh, Medal of Valor. Um, and so, you know, Freddie... You know, he is kind of Americana at its finest and a generation that was known for doing things right and working hard and having faith in the family and community and being loyal and inclusive. And those are all the things that we stand for today. I love that. I love that. I think that, that that's interesting. I didn't know that, that that was really the namesake of the brand. So talk a bit about, you know, what drew you to Freddy's and how you really got involved and, you know, what were some of the things that you found, you know, differentiated the brand from others that just got you got you hooked on being sure. part of it. Sure. I, you know, I think that one of my um, biggest opportunities as CEO is really to tell some of the great stories that have been great secrets <laughs> of Freddy's. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Freddy's, you know, first of all, is a truly made-to-order product. None of our product is part up um, when a when a guest is in the drive-thru or, or um, approaching the counter, their burgers hit the grill at that time. And um, you know, their French fries and onion rings or cheese curds, whatever they're having, doesn't go into the fryer until we know that um, that's going to come out hot and, and at the time when we're going to be delivering that product to our guests. And so I think that, you know, a, a focus on having truly quality made to order food, I think, is one thing that that I loved. And it's the food is delicious and, and truly craveable. Um, you know, I love when you look at this business from a franchising perspective, you know, there are over 400 operating restaurants today. There are only about 45 franchisees. So the bulk of the system, yeah, crazy, right? The bulk of the, the bulk of the system is owned by highly sophisticated multiple unit franchisees who found their way to Freddy's after um, maybe some not so great experiences with other franchisors and have shifted their focus exclusively to Freddy's. Um, you know, this is a business that while we have some 400 units operating, we have commitments from that existing base of 45 franchisees to develop over 400 additional locations. And so, you know, this is a brand that has tremendous backlog, um, highly sophisticated franchisees, and um, a product that that is exceptional. Um, and it's, you know, to your point, it's a brand that people are familiar with, but 
you know, there's really an opportunity to go out and tell the story and also um, share this this great concept and product with a lot of new guests. Yeah, and I think that you know it's a it's a it's a perfect segue to what I want to get into on the franchise development side. Talk a bit about you know what you guys are looking for uh, when you're finding that. Obviously, sophisticated is the name of the game. It sounds like with uh, you know the types of the types of people that you're going after, but it seems like it is a very exclusive club of people that can be a part of it. So um, I would imagine that the filtration process is a lot more intense than with others, but for good reason, right? I mean, there, there are not many brands that have the ability and the infrastructure to have 45 sophisticated franchisees and be able to have everybody play nice in the sandbox. It's impressive, right? I mean, like we don't hear anything bad about what Freddy's does. And I think that that is a testament to the great work that the brand has done. So talk a bit about the types of franchisees you guys are looking for and, you know, what, and some of the, maybe uh, some of the stories of the profiles of some of the great people you guys have today. Sure. So, you know, I will say that we are are a very selective um, company when it comes to onboarding new franchisees. And historically, the brand has um, kind of steered away from the single unit um, operator mentality. I think that going forward, uh, we would consider uh, that individual, but in specific and, in, in, you know, more specialized areas. Um, but typically what we found in, in, in new prospects or folks that come to us with some franchising experience, people who love the product um, is important to us. We, you know, we affectionately refer to those folks as Fred heads, people who've come in and fallen in love with everything Freddy's. And so we want to know that these folks truly buy in and love the product, love the brand and, and love the way that we treat our guests. Um, so that's important to us, but understanding that they're coming in with the aspiration of developing at least three locations. Um, we're hesitant today to award anyone more than a five unit development agreement. Um, but we are also very lenient when it comes to timing. So, you know, when a new prospect comes in, we give them 18 months to get their first restaurant open. Um, and we give them an additional 12 months to get the second restaurant open. So, you know, within a, a three-store development, they've got well over three years, most likely four years to get those units open and operating because we're mostly focused on operations excellence and making sure that we don't ever lose the edge that we have on hospitality. And um, so, you know, that's that's kind of what we're looking for. And, and to give you a, a case study, uh, we had a, a gentleman here recently that uh, comes to us from a, a very popular chicken fried chicken chain um, that had built his territory out and was looking for a complimentary concept um, and had studied, uh, he definitely done his homework and looked at a lot of burger restaurants. And when he had the Freddy's product, he was in love with it and thought it was the best as we do and came to us and recently signed um, a four store agreement to open uh, Freddy's alongside where he currently operates his, his fried chicken franchises. So um, wow. we get a lot of that. Yeah, we get a lot of folks who are already in a, a non-competing um, fast casual or QSR and are coming to us looking to um, take on a new brand, new opportunity. I love it. And I, and I think that that, I think that that is kind of the place where everybody strives to be. You know, I mean, you've been to the multi-unit franchise conference over the years and you walk around this trade show, you walk around the trade show floor and everybody strives to have that ability. But you guys, you guys kind of emanate that, which I think is 
really impressive. And a lot of people probably envy you. And so I think that that's certainly a good place to be. You know, I, I know that over the years and historically, as I've kind of just been watching the brand just through all just through the lenses of the restaurant trades and such, you know, obviously, restaurant technology is a really hot thing. There's a lot of investment that's going into it. Um, as as we talk now, I mean, there has been I get emails every morning about a different thing that gets an insane investment. You know, all these delivery apps are, are buying are, are cannibalizing and buying each other. Uh, I'm curious, you know, based off of where you guys sit, how is your brand using technology to gain an edge? You know, maybe it's amongst different competitors. Maybe it's tools that the franchisees have um, that are really helping them to improve uh, and to really improve that bottom and top line revenue. Uh, talk a bit at some of the technology you guys have that are really helping your franchisees. Sure. So I will say that, you know, historically, Freddie, as I would say, was behind the curve um, technologically. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot when you when you go to the pre-COVID era, you know, these are restaurants where, you know, some 65 percent of sales were done inside the restaurant. Um, people coming in and dining in um, drive through represented, you know, far less than half on the post-COVID side of things that shifted um, almost inverse. So today we have 65, 70% of our business coming through drive-through and, you know, 30, 35% of our business um, coming and dine in um, and other. And so, you know, Freddy's was forced to step up during the COVID uh, pandemic on the technology side, which the, the, the first step for them, which was a little bit backwards than, than most companies was to develop an app. Um, and so as we come into the business, we have a functioning app, um, but we have no web ordering platform. And so today, our number one primary um, strategy for the company is the development of a, a web-based ordering platform um, where you see historically the majority of your online or, mm -hmm. or orders coming from. And so you know, our opportunity there is to develop a, a first class, you know, website that allows our guests to uh, have a great experience from a web order perspective that also um, translate to the app as well. I think there's a tremendous opportunity for us to improve our um, loyalty positioning um, from where we are today. And so, you know, technology um, is a big opportunity. I will say on the corporate side of things, um, they've done a nice job of creating a stack um, that gives us tremendous visibility and access to data. And so our ability to make decisions based off of what's really happening in our business is um, excellent. And it is because we have um, some great tools corporately. Um, and I'll, I'll throw a plug. We use a dashboard um, system called Domo, uh, which gives us a phenomenal look at our business and it is um, well utilized by the company and, and we are able to see trends and, and things happening in the business real time. And so uh, a lot of great stuff on the corporate side, but as we, you know, we are, as we're thinking about new web platform, um, we are also looking at uh, upgrades to our POS um, that uh, integrate some of the third party pieces that today we don't have. And so, there's a huge focus on technology and advancement and a, and a tremendous amount of investment um, being made by the company to, to get us um, ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I, I've heard a lot of the, a lot of the brands that know what they're doing are using something like Domo to be able to dig into, you know, even the, the deepest depths of data to understand exactly, 
you know, how to make very important and oftentimes if you make them wrong, expensive decisions. And so I think it's good that you guys have that background to be able to draw from. Uh, and I think that that does make a tremendous difference as you're making decisions on a macro level. I'm sure that as somebody who's coming into the brand, that was nice to see. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> it, it can be worrisome when you have these brands that are 400 plus locations and may not, and may be flying blind, so to speak, but it's nice to hear that that's not the case. I think that every franchisee will be comforted to hear that too, that you guys are able to make a lot of really important decisions with some data points behind it, which I think is important. Yeah. And I think it levels the playing field. You know, when you're trying to speak to a franchise community about decisions that are, are being made for the brand or strategies that are being undertaken and you don't have the data to support, it feels like a guess. But when you are able to clearly articulate what's happening in the business, which defines opportunities and weaknesses for you, you can sit down at a table and say, hey, you know, this is what's happening in the business. And so here's where we need to be focused to continue to win. And so I think that it gives everybody a feeling of comfort knowing that decisions are based off of data. Um, there are also decisions that are focused on brand being brand right. Um, and so it's a it was a huge uh, sigh of relief when uh, in diligence seeing this tool and how well it was being utilized because it it takes a lot of the guessing out. Yeah, we, we have a Mr. Ryan Hicks and I have a very good friend of the podcast uh, uh, who actually works uh, for Domo. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm going to shoot him a quick message after that, just so he's aware of this. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I want to dive into something, you know, you talked about craveability and it's lunchtime for me right now in mm -hmm. Chicago, or it's getting close to it. So um, I'm going to try and hold off until after this interview mm -hmm. to order based off of this next question. But you know, I'm sure one of the fun things about being a CEO of a, of an awesome food brand is getting to try new things and try new try new menu items. So, um, talk a bit about how you guys were utilizing menu innovation to you know inspire some to inspire some buzz around the brand, right? And I think that you know we had a unique opportunity uh, in the, really in the past 18 months with what was going on uh, with the pandemic that you really had just, it was an opportunity to innovate, right? I mean, on everything, but I think that food was part of it because certain consumer tastes completely evolved. And so I'm curious to hear if there was anything you guys took out for a test drive that really has worked that you guys are keeping on the menu now. Yeah, actually the first LTO that we came out with um, post-acquisition was our pepper jack jalapeno burger, which if you like jalapenos and you like a little spice in your life, um, this is a burger that you'll absolutely adore. Um, it's done right. And being a Texan, I love my jalapenos. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a product that came out as an LTO, and we thought we would run it for a quarter. And um, it has taken a permanent place on our menu board uh, based off of our guests' uh, feedback and also, you know, the amount of volume that we've done in that product. And, um, and so we love that. I think that, you know, again, another big opportunity for Freddy's is really to professionalize the R&D function and to yep. um, do a little bit better job of promoting the great products that we currently have. And some of them, some of the releases that we've had in past years that have done well with very little promotion. The brand has historically been a marketing light <laughs> model where, um, you know, it was really left up to a franchisee to decide if they wanted to do any brand promotion or marketing. And so that that is shifting uh, corporately. We will be very active in promotion 
very actively in, in advertising and marketing products. Um, and so we're anxious to tell the great stories of some great products we've had in past years, but also, you know, professionalize the R&D function to continue to ideate and, and um, bring some stuff that's super relevant to the forefront. But Freddie's, I mean, it's interesting. You know, we we have a black bean burger that uh, if you if you don't eat meat, um, this is a fantastic product. I mean, it's delicious. Um, you know, our cheese curds are are not something that you see on a lot of menus, and they're phenomenally good. Um, you know, despite the fact that we're in the burger business, we have an exceptional um, fried chicken sandwich as well as a spicy chicken sandwich that I'd put up there put it up there against pretty much any of them. But, you know, all of these products are, are kind of homegrown and and our, our Fred heads know them and love them, but we've just not done a great job in, in telling the story. And so there will be a lot of improvement in that that area for sure. Well, that's what you're there for, right? And so, you know, I, 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 I definitely, as a personal anecdote, you know, I grew up on cheese curds just being where I'm <laughs> from in the Midwest. And so I think that it's uh, it's always encouraging and great to hear that brands are trying to bring that to everybody because everybody should try them if they haven't. But I think that, uh, you know, it, it sounds as if, you know, what you guys are trying to uh, accomplish is that there is just this loyal following. And I, and, and I definitely love that. And I love to see that, you know, I'm curious, you know, when you're, when, when people are spending time in these locations day in and day out, you know, I'm sure that the in the ideal world, you're having these soccer teams come in and they're spending a bunch of time there and they're ordering a bunch of things off the menu. You know, I'm curious to hear when you have these people within the locations themselves, are you guys doing anything interesting to engage people um, from a loyalty standpoint? Maybe you guys are getting people to log on to Wi-Fi and you're able to do some cool things with that. Is there anything you're doing with some in-store marketing at all that might be interesting or maybe a new initiative that you may be interested in bringing to the forefront that they haven't been doing? Well, I'll tell you, you know, the hospitality that we deliver to our guests is unparalleled in, in the industry. And, and we, you know, we, you know, it's a very much, the culture of Freddy's is very familial. Um, it's a family feel corporately. It's a family feel amongst our franchise community and it's a family feel in our dining room. We treat people mm-hmm. extremely well. And um, table touches, communication with our guests, going above and beyond to ensure that we're providing genuine hospitality. You know, there's no canned, you know, my pleasure statement at Freddy's. You get a genuine, you know, thank you for coming into Freddy's and, and we appreciate you being here. And, and, and we're looking forward to seeing you again. You know, it's... Um, I think that we're exceptional at hospitality and it's something that we will continue um, to focus on. And I do believe that on the technology side, um, we can make improvement on how we, um, the experience that our guests have, you know, whether it's online on the app or while in restaurant, if if we can um, tag some technology opportunities to kind of give them a fun and, and hospitable environment. We'll definitely focus on that. But today, you know, what differentiates Freddy's um, from an in-store experience is just the way that people are treated and the care that we take in preparing their food. Yeah, I think that that's certainly an important thing. And as time goes by, I think that that's just part of you being you being a part of the brand now in a, in a larger way and being the CEO is that there's just things that you guys are going to get to think about that are really going to change the game. Because I think I, I, I like that it's not a canned, my pleasure, my, my, my pleasure uh, statement. I think that that's, 
it's it's an interesting perspective to have. So uh, I want to transition into something that I'm sure you've had to talk about um, both out in the public and behind closed doors, which is, of course, the labor shortage. And you've been seeing a bit about it, and it is pretty timely. Um, you know, this is a I guess this is a two part question. I think that the first thing is, is that is there anything you guys are doing actively to, you know, get employees engaged and excited about coming to work every day, any incentives you have? And then I think the second part of that question is, you know, is there any cool marketing campaigns you guys have done that have kind of inspired some some buzz around potentially working for the brand? Yeah, so I will say that, you know, you've seen a lot of press about chains that are, you know, paying their managers a bonus or, you know, they're making them an operating partner or something of that nature. And that's part of the Freddy's DNA from day one. So okay. <laughs> our, our general managers, both at the corporate level in our 35 corporate owned restaurants and, and in our franchise community, um, have always followed an operating partner model where management um, is not only being paid a wage, but they are also in profit sharing positions with with their restaurants. And so, you know, our retention level and recruitment at the manager level has been amazing. Uh, We have great managers that are making a nice living and are able to enjoy the successes uh, alongside the company that, that they're helping um, to make happen. And so, you know, Freddy's has always been excellent at the manager position. I think that, you know, we pay a very fair wage um, in our restaurants. But again, there's a, a true sense of family. Um, we treat our uh, team members with tremendous respect and understanding. And um, we tend to attract um, a very, you know, high level employee that's looking for something more than just getting paid well, but also being treated well. And, and at the same time, I would say we're typically slightly over-labored. Um, and we do that in an effort to make the work environment um, enjoyable. Um, it should be fun right. to work in a Freddy's. It's part of part of what our mission is to you know create genuine hospitality in a fun and inclusive environment. And so, you know, I think that, you know, the, the, the double whammy of, of paying a fair wage, but also creating a fair work environment and somewhere that's fun to be um, has um, really helped us to, to navigate this this rough water that we've been in. And we're doing we're doing well, but, you know, everybody's feeling a little bit of the pinch right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that we definitely will start telling the story of, of being a Freddy's crew member and um, uh, letting our staff. Uh, get out there. And, and we've done some stuff with, you know, um, organically with social media and digital presence around um, some spotlights around our crew. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have the Bill Simon uh, scholarship fund where we're awarding scholarship money um, to crew members around the world uh, who are doing great work for us and helping them um, grow as individuals um, from an education standpoint. So, you know, this is a company um, you know, where inclusion is a big part of, of who we are and part of our values. And we try to really make it fun and, and also respect our team at, at whatever level um, they work. Nice. Nice. I think it's 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 encouraging to hear that. I think that uh, it be, being overstaffed is not something I've had a chance to hear quite a bit about. So I think it's a great thing that you guys are in a in a better place than than most in that in that regard because you know there there people have certainly been feeling 
the pinch quite a bit. And some people have answers. And then we've entered, we've talked to some people that definitely haven't. And so I think that it's all, it's all about, uh, you know, knowing, ha- having the right team in place to navigate things like this, right? Well, I think part of the challenge today is that people are squeezing their, their labor line so hard that they, that it's a double whammy. They, they do a poor job of executing on the brand um, and they overstress their teams. And so you've got frustrated guests, you've got frustrated team, which leads to frustrated ownership. And so, you know, where we have the ability to, you know, maybe build a little, little bit more labor into the model, it may cost us a little bit to do so. We end up with a happier crew um, and we end up with a much happier guest and, and our brand execution is um, what's going to lead to the, the successes of the company on down the road. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a it's reasonable perspective to have. Um, so, based off of what else is relevant in the world, also available real estate is a pretty big one. Uh, there is more available real estate than I think ever in the history of this country. I've been I've been reading, and people have quoted that many times. And so, I think I'm just going to adopt that as being gospel at this point. Um, so, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, any interesting things you guys have been doing in non traditional, or you guys have changed your model? Uh, just based off of the way the consumer tastes have been going. And I guess we had a good excuse to put in a lot of different uh, types of models just because of the pandemic. Um, talk a bit about that. Sure. Yeah, we are a bit flexible on our um, prototype, if you will. The, the traditional Freddy's is, um, you know, call it a three to 3,300 square foot stand, freestanding uh, drive-through, double drive-through, um, you know, quick service restaurant model with, you know, quite a bit of seating for our, our guests. We also, um, over the last you know handful of years, have developed some non-drive-through locations that are more of your in-line, in-cap, you know, patio seating available, but a pure dine-in model. Um, and and those have done quite well. Um, and so that that is something that we will continue um, to to play out. We have another company-owned restaurant that we're opening. Here in Wichita, that's going to be a non-drive-through location, and so um, we're going to vet that opportunity to make sure that it's one that we want um, our franchise community to. We feel comfortable that their investment is is sound, um, so we we focus on that. We've also just launched here in Salina, Kansas. We're going to be developing um, a, a double drive-through, no customer area, um, walk-up and patio seating, and so <clears throat> that's a, a location that's going to cater. Um, more specifically to our guests that are on the go and looking for speed and and execution. And we think that we can be very effective in that model of delivering um, excellence and and, and the the promise of Freddy's to to those guests. Um, And so that's a new endeavor for us and we're anxious to see how that goes. But both of those prototypes we would see as more of infill um, opportunities and and not uh, the, the norm. Where we are seeing some availability is um, kind of that big in-cap space with a drive-through, um, yep. more of an inline versus a freestanding building. The bulk of our restaurants, <clears throat> excuse me, our franchisees own their own dirt. Um, they buy the dirt, they build the building, and so it is a real estate-backed investment. Um, but we do see um, a lot of our groups looking at these other models and liking um, the cash flow uh, that these things can can turn out, and and so we will be developing. Um, some of what we would call non-traditional on the same page. 
Uh, we have begun truly in the non-traditional environment with um, a couple of airport locations that are uh, soon to open. And we have some locations on college campuses and in stadiums that do quite well. And so, you know, it is a it is a concept that's simple execution, simple menu. And so it really does lend itself to those, you know, environments where speed um, and, 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 you know, having a nice indulgent uh, product is, is, is popular. And so we're, we're diving into that. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I, I, I love hearing that. I know that you have quite a bit of experience in the non-traditional world. And so I was just very, I was interested to kind of hear how you were bringing that um, to Freddie. So very cool. I think that I did not know that a lot of the folks that you guys have own their own dirt. I think that that made it kind of nice when they didn't have to get rent forgiveness from anybody because they were forgiving themselves. So that Correct. was kind of nice. That was, that was nice. I'm sure. Um, I think that uh, two more questions before we go, because I know that your time is of course valuable. And so I want to be sure to give back any, if I can, um, any advice that you have for any other emerging restaurant execs that are kind of bringing their brand into the fold right now, you know, what you guys do, you guys are in, a, of course, in a crowded space, you know, the burger space is very well popularized. There are many brands that we probably don't need to name here that we know are very big and have quite a footprint. Um, do you have any advice for any emerging brands that are in a, in a crowded space and just in terms of cutting through that you wouldn't mind sharing? Sure. I think first of all, and we touched on this earlier, uh, being a data-driven decision maker, um, you know, I see in a lot of young emerging companies, you have, you know, some very smart entrepreneurial thought leaders that are leading the company and, and they have great ideas. But, you know, I would challenge you to always make sure that that what you're you're focusing on in the business is is a data-driven decision and that you're relying on your guest or consumer input or end user to help you think about the business. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I see, especially I you know, did a year of consulting and, um, you know, I see a lot of young companies that they have a plan, but it's in their head. Um, I would say you have to get in, uh, in the business of building strategic plans for your business and, and tangible strategic plans things that uh, a plan that clearly identifies what your strategies are going to be for the next 12 to 18 months and, and how you're going to achieve those strategies and who's going to um, lead the charge on each of the strategies and what the necessary resources are to achieve the strategies. But being able to communicate to your team and your franchise community and your investors that you have a very specific plan that's achievable that has a start date and an end date and an expected um, return, mm -hmm. I think is very important. And, and, and so I would urge smaller companies to build that plan and get in the, the discipline of, of operating to a strategic plan every year. Yeah, I think very sound advice because I see a lot of that too. I know that I don't necessarily do it for a living quite in the same way that you do, but I think that just in talking to people and just spending some time with them in person, it sounds like, you know, they talk about all these great ideas, but it's in the, it's in the, I guess it's more in the vein of it would be nice or we want to do this, but we haven't done it. And I always, my, my question is why? And then when you start to see the people who, you know, actually reap what they sow and they put it out there, for everybody to see and they kind of workshop it with the executives that they have around them. That's, 
that's how you become truly great. So I think that the the idea of that is very, it totally makes sense. So in closing I mean, here, Chris. Just, real, just real quick, I would say, you know, at Freddy's coming into this business, here's a brand that went from zero to over 400 restaurants in less than 20 years. And yeah. they did it. They did the. They did it all the way without a plan. You know, there there was not a single in diligence. There was not a single strategic deck available because it was founders who were smart, working hard. You know, and and having some plans that weren't necessarily written um, and executing. But you know, the first thing I did coming into this business was pull the executive team offsite and go through a workshop where we developed four key strategies that we're going to execute in the back half of this year to set our brand up for um, another round of, of very clear strategic initiatives for 2022. And, and that way, not only does the executive team know what we're doing, our, our entire company, from our, our staff to our franchisees to our vendors, all know where we're aimed and um, and they can understand how they play in that and help us to achieve those goals. So it's it's an important, important process. It's almost like you've done this before because you knew where I was going last. Uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, um, if, the, if those aren't top secret at this point, if there's any major initiatives that you guys have for, you know, I guess like a year from now, uh, things that you'd like to achieve, uh, anything that you couldn't give uh, the audience a sneak preview on. Yeah, well, I think, you know, in, in the short term, there's a huge focus, as I mentioned previously, on the web-based position of the company and making sure that we have a web platform that allows our guests to, to order and to engage with the brand. Um, overall, for us, there's a tremendous focus on marketing optimization. Um, this is a company that's been marketing light um, and building the infrastructure and, and creating the budget to go out and, and create some brand awareness is, is a big, big initiative for the company. Mm -hmm. Understanding our pricing opportunities and making sure that um, Freddy's is is pricing its product in the right way and also menu optimization, making sure that we have the right products in the right position to, to drive growth is something that we're very focused on. Um, and then just a continuation on, on excellence. One of the things that we are exceptional at here at Freddy's is training. Um, in my 25 years of being in the industry, I've never experienced a training team that is as capable and, and, and passionate and engaged as our Freddy's training team and making sure that we are carrying that all the way through our, not only our initial training, but also our ongoing support to our franchisees and ensuring that we're setting their teams up for um, success in the future. And then, you know, speed of service for us, while we are a made to order product, um, mm -hmm. that makes it challenging to really turn product out. I think it differentiates us because you're not getting a burger or fries that have been sitting in a bucket um, for the you know, 10 minutes before you drove up, um, mm -hmm. we're making your food to order and that takes a little bit of time. So understanding how we optimize our line and our, um, execution of our product to ensure that our guests aren't waiting too long for it is, is a big initiative for us as well. Well, we're looking forward to seeing how all of that goes. And obviously they got a great guy in the chair, uh, in, in you to be able to execute on all of this. And it's always uh, such a pleasure to, get a chance to, you know, spend some time with you again, Chris. Uh, we're looking forward to obviously, uh, hopefully uh, having you speak at Springboard or anything else. You know, people always love your perspective on the restaurant space. And so we, of course, appreciate you joining us again on Modern Business. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
Well, thanks again, folks, for listening as well. Um, if you'd like to listen to more awesome episodes like this, please go to Modern Business. That is M-O-D-R-N Business. There is no E uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and we would love to have you as a subscriber. Cheers, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.